0: Welcome to Our Connected World, a podcast series from TE Connectivity featuring straight talk for engineers about today's technology trends and the technical challenges in driving innovations crucial to making the world safer, sustainable, productive and connected. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Connected World, a podcast from TE Connectivity. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the show. Today, we are talking sensors. Now, sensors can apply to a lot of different industries and a lot of different use cases. And so we're going to be breaking down some of the ones that we are seeing most often today with Aaron Byrne, Vice President and Chief Technology Officer of Sensor Solutions at TE Connectivity. Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Tyler, for having me today. Of course, of course. Happy to have you here on the podcast today, Aaron. And so, what's the story with sensors today? And what are the areas that these are having the most impact on people and society? What, what are you seeing right now, just in terms of, of where sensors are and where they're really having an impact?
1: Well, in a word, Tyler, I would say, you know, sensors are ubiquitous. They're ubiquitous in improving our lives uh, across our work, our play. Examples that I think about that people are familiar with, they're following their sleep through using an aura ring, for example, or maybe tracking their heart rhythms on their Apple Watch, or, you know, they're getting driver assistance in new systems in cars that are being installed. You know, we're we're watching traffic flow so that uh, traffic can move a little bit, you know, more smoothly through the cities. Room lighting is being controlled by various sensors so that we are minimizing energy consumption. So there's just lots and lots of different ways. Our lives are being impacted by sensors, some we know about and and some maybe we're not yet aware of.
0: Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great point. And, and, you know, you mentioned that idea of Apple Watches and wearable technology, that that's obviously a trend that is moving sensors forward, right? What, what are some of the trends that are shaping the idea of sensors everywhere? What, what sorts of trends and things are happening in the marketplaces that, that are pushing this idea of sensors?
1: There are a few trends uh, affecting uh, where sensors are being placed and how they're being used. I think the first one I think about is sustainability. Today, you know, we see a lot of electric vehicle adoption, right? We have sensors involved in battery charging systems, so people don't have to be standing and parking for too many hours to charge up their car when they're on a road trip. I mentioned before about the room, you know, room lighting or room heating, right, to try to uh, conserve some energy usage um, in office buildings, for example. Um, You also use sensors for a lot of feedback, right? So, Uh, In industrial environments, you have artificial intelligence or machine learning being used to monitor important industrial assets like pumps or motors for preventive maintenance reasons. And then another trend that's actually shaping the use of sensors is remoteness, right? Through this COVID uh, period that we've all been living through, we've learned to work remotely, but other things are being done Remotely as well as like surgery even. So we have doctors conducting surgery remotely. You need very fine sensors to provide feedback to the surgeon uh, that's far away perhaps from the, from the patient. So sensors are enabling a lot of these, uh, these types of new use cases that are following up on the trends that we just talked
0: about. Yeah, that's that's a great point. You know, seeing some of those trends and seeing the, the technologies and what they're enabling. That's that's absolutely right. You know, and you you mentioned surgery there and and you know healthcare is a really um, big industry when it comes to, to sensors. And when we look at technology for something like patient monitoring, for instance, what is the opportunity for including sensors in the design and what types of sensor technologies being developed maybe to, to improve patient monitoring technologies?
1: Well, Tyler, this is an area where we're focused a lot these days in TE sensors. I think many people, for example, are familiar with pulse oximetry or the blood oxygen levels that are being measured, particularly for patients in the hospital with COVID right now. And that turns out to be an optical sensor of some type, right? It's a very basic sensor. We continue to develop beyond uh, pulse leximate. We do cell sensors for that. But we're also doing things like developing piezoelectric films and devices. And these piezoelectric films can act as a dynamic strain gauge. And how does that work? Well, that can monitor your heart rate and your respiration when you're sitting in a chair or lying down on a hospital bed. So you don't even have to have a blood pressure cuff or somebody there counting your breaths. You actually can have your body motion just detected from breathing or from your heart rate pushing against your skin. This this piezo sensor is so so sensitive, right? Another use of such a a piezo detector is for pets, right? So we all want to spend more on our pets these days. A lot of times we have to take them to the doctor and they're a little bit harder to get a a pulse or a respiration rate to have them hold still. But if you place your pet on one of these mats, you can now detect their heart rate and their respiration rate using our piezo monitors. In addition, and a different kind of sensor that we're making uh, here at T sensors are very small miniaturized uh, pressure sensors. And these are used in microsurgeries, things like kidney procedures where the pressure within um kidney blood vessels is really critical for successful surgery as well as in ocular surgery you know people when they have cataract surgery for example you could think about that's that's there's some pressure involved in replacing the lens uh, of a cataract and some other ocular surgery so there are very important applications that require uh, extremely precise pressure measurements in the body for successful surgery and TE is on the cutting edge of of some of those applications today.
0: That is really, really cool to hear about, and really interesting to, to learn more about. And you're absolutely right uh spending uh, people are definitely spending more money on their pets in fact uh, i think my wife and i might be leading the way uh in that particular category spending money on our doggos but uh, you're, you're absolutely right about that you know and, and another area we wanted to talk about was in this area of industrial automation right so what trends in sensor technology are shaping innovation in industrial automation such as with you know things like cobots and that sort of thing what types of te sensors are helping to improve factory production cycles and overall supply chain issues?
1: Sure. So in the, in the industrial space, you know, we talked about feedback being, you know, a theme for using sensor data to make an improvement in whatever process you're looking at. In the industrial environment and in cobots, you know, we're trying to automate something or have a robot working alongside, you know, a human to accomplish a task and automation in general will improve the repeatability and improve the quality of any task that's mass produced. So that's the goal is. How do we make it even more repeatable and um, and more precise? So the Cobots that we're working on we can we can create a force sensor or a torque sensor that can uh, be placed in a Cobot arm and will be very, very precise in terms of when the arm is uh, articulated or touching its target and so this this level of safety that we're providing out of the Cobot um, is beyond the current. Uh, the current sensing capabilities of today's cobots. So we are improving the ability of a cobot to interact with the human, making the human more safe, making the cobot much more precise with its actions. That's certainly one application. In general, in industrial automation, you want to maximize the uptime of your industrial assets. And so predictive maintenance becomes a, a prime way to do that rather than having a maintenance schedule where every Two weeks, you take the asset offline to, to, to do some preventive maintenance or lubrication or whatever it is that you're going to do to maintain the asset. Now you can do use sensors to tell when the asset needs maintenance and you develop using, sometimes you use machine learning or AI techniques in order to uh, analyze the data that you're getting from the asset. But once you have that data, you can much more finely tune your predictive maintenance schedules and keep your asset working for you. more of
0: the uptime. That's a great point. Uptime is obviously a a massive thing that that people are discussing these days and want to see as much of as possible. And uh, another aspect of things that we should talk about is with with automobiles and with vehicle autonomy. So what role are sensors playing uh, in that autonomous vehicle world? And what are some of the ways that sensors are enabling more driver-assisted technologies in the car? Uh, And and tell us a little bit more about the sensors as well and, and some of the challenges in designing these technologies.
1: Well, Tyler, I tend to think of vehicle autonomy as kind of the holy grail of sensing. I mean, there are so many sensors that are that are required in order to enable, you know, autonomous driving. I think, you know, part of the challenge is that you've gotta not only detect or sense what's going on in the entire environment around you as you're driving, but you've also gotta be able to distinguish what those objects are given the particular environment that you're in. So it's very situationally based as well as very complex in terms of the kinds of changing environment. I'll give you an example and I hope everybody can understand this, but, um, I, it's a little bit of an older one. We, you know, we used to have a, a pretty popular computer brand called Gateway Computer and their brand was signified, uh, their boxes and their trucks came looking like a Holstein cows. So you had these black and white sort of patterns on their boxes and on the sides of their trucks. And they really looked like a cow, a dairy cow. And so you could imagine now, if you were driving alongside a gateway computer truck, right, that looked like a cow, and you were being guided by a lot of sensors, um, what would these sensors interpret this truck to be? Would Would it say, oh, you're driving next to a cow or, oh, you're driving next to a gateway truck? So the amount of training and the amount of compute And um, machine learning that's required, actually, to take the sensors and interpret the data in the environment that you're in is just staggering. And this, to me, is is really the the challenge with full autonomy here is not only is it sensing by itself, but it's that interpretation or distinguishing in the given environment. And now you have to do it at speed. So, yeah, you have to solve that problem and you have to do it in very few milliseconds in order to enable... The the right response time, whether it's, you know, your, your braking response time with your foot or, you know, the machine response time that you have to build in. So those are all the the challenges that need to be overcome to provide, you know, full autonomy in vehicles. Meanwhile, I think you can, you know, improve the driving experience with sensors, right? You've got your in cabin temperature and some of your awake sensors to make sure your driver, you know, driver awake level is being monitored. Um, You've got some external let's say headlight beam directional sensors that can help you kind of automatically make sure your headlights are aimed in the most useful direction for while you're driving. Those are a couple of examples that are already in play today. So you can see sort of the gap between the things we're doing today, which are valuable, uh, but full autonomy is still, I think, some, some ways away.
0: That's really interesting. And I, I think um, important for people to know just to, so people have the correct expectations, but also understand the level of, um, of complexity that goes into creating fully autonomous vehicles. I, I think it's worth making sure that people are aware of that to know how much work has been done and how much work needs to continue to happen.
1: Exactly. Yeah, there's lots of work ahead for, for a lot of engineers. So we're, we're excited about
0: that for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit, Aaron, about how TE sensors are enabling customers to really push the possibilities of technological innovation and what might consumers and markets come to expect from advanced sensors being built into things like medical devices, industrial machinery, home and building systems, as well as things like energy grids, smart cities, and offshore production equipment such as oil wells.
1: Well, Tyler, you just named off a whole bunch of of (laughs) applications that, you know, we in sensors are all excited about, right? So we do have a lot of great target markets here. I would say, you know, from the TE side, the way that we are approaching these is first, what we do is we improve the precision and the accuracy of the base sense elements. We have a very broad array of products that basically take some measurable element in the environment and turn it into an analog signal, whether that's a pressure signal, a temperature, a position monitor could be vibration, could be uh, an optical or photonic um, signal. Right. So we, we first we have a, a whole array of of sensing elements that are world class. So we have that to to begin to base um, a, a lot of products on. The next what we want to do is combine some of those sensors to create even more valuable outputs for our customers. So an example there would be to combine a temperature sensor with a pressure sensor in order to create a calibrated output. Most of our customers, when they buy our sensor, they need to have it calibrated to a particular scale or particular uh, precision level so that they understand the range or the dynamic range in which they're they're operating. So um, multiple sensors helps to provide sort of an onboard calibration capability that, um, that adds value to our customers. So that's that's the second step. And then the third step where we're headed with TE sensors is to now work in a larger partner ecosystem to fully embody the industrial internet of things. We want to combine our sensing outputs, the calibration that we've talked about, some type of communication, whether it's wired or wireless, and ultimately also machine learning and AI to create models and i talked about earlier a little bit about industrial asset performance models of asset performance or other um uh, performance models that will you know solve problems for customers right whether those are you know industrial pumps or pipelines transformers you talked about many of the different applications but what what it is is basically taking a sensor output uh creating a digital form of it perhaps combining it with other sensing elements to create even You know, a a more complex, but more valuable output and then combining it with communication and machine learning to take those outputs and, and move them to where, you know, the customer can receive them and act upon them. So, so this is the direction we're headed in sensors. We're all pretty excited about it. I think it's great opportunity. And I think you're going to hear a lot more from TE in this space in the coming months and years.
0: Well, I can't wait to continue to see how these things develop. It's obviously an exciting time to be working in sensors just with so many different applications. Like you said, so many different areas where you're making a difference. And so, uh, Aaron, we really appreciate your time today and sharing a little bit more about the work uh, that TE is doing uh, in this particular area of sensors. It's been a pleasure having you on the show today.
1: Thank you so much, Tyler. Have a great
0: day. Thanks you as well. And everyone out there, thank you for joining us for another episode of the podcast. We appreciate it very much. Of course, for more, you can always head to te.com to read up on what TE is doing in these areas and the particular solutions that they are providing. And also you can stay up to date with the latest episodes of the podcast. You can go there, you can go to your preferred podcast platform as well, like Apple Podcasts or Spotify to stay up to date with the latest episodes of the show and stay tuned. We'll be back soon with new episodes of the program. But for this one, for Aaron Byrne, I'm Tyler Kern. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for tuning into our conversation. You can learn more about the solutions we discussed today by visiting te.com, where you can connect with our engineer support teams and sign up for Circuit, our monthly trends newsletter featuring a selection of articles on tech innovation written by engineers for engineers. To find out more, follow us on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts, as well as LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, think big, move fast, and make every connection count.